You're listening to At Large, a global affairs podcast brought to you by China U.S. Focus. Thanks for joining us, and here's your host, James Chow. Another week, another seven days of significant developments in China, in the U.S., in their relationship, and what that means for the wider world. Trade negotiators from China and the U.S. met in Washington again, this time at a lower political level and with no clear indication yet on whether there was progress. Last time across the table, it was Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin and Vice Premier Liu He. This time, it was Treasury Under Secretary David Malpass and Commerce Vice Minister Wang Shouwen. You could interpret this in different ways: either there was little expectation or little appetite for this round of trade talks, and therefore the two sides not sending in their top guns. You could also say that they're trying a different approach, using less high-profile figures to negotiate quietly behind the scenes and without the pressure of having big names at the front. Or what I think is a more likely scenario: the trade war is in its infancy, and the two sides are still feeling one another out. What the White House is saying publicly is that the discussion centered on establishing how to achieve fairness, balance, and reciprocity in the economic relationship, including by what it called addressing structural issues in China. China, meanwhile, said simply that the exchange was constructive and frank. The tariffs, meanwhile, continue, and I'll be back with that in a few minutes. Before that, an acknowledgement of two key people who have passed away. First of all, of course, Senator John McCain, as the tributes continue to pour in. And when you read those tributes and you listen to what people say, the words "American patriot" and "hero" have appropriately come up time and again. We'll need another podcast to. Fully paid tribute to his legacy, but I came across this clip of him back in 2008, and these few words seem to sum up his commitment to a life of public service. Tonight, I have a privilege given few Americans: the privilege of accepting our party's nomination for President of the United States. Now, an acknowledgement of one woman whose music, as much as her voice, touched the world. Aretha Franklin, who died in Detroit on August 16th, continues to be remembered for the unparalleled legacy she left as an American who was known almost everywhere to almost everyone. 18 Grammys, 75 million records, but her upbringing was even more unique. She was a daughter of C. L. Franklin, pastor of the New Bethel Baptist Church, and a highly regarded civil rights activist who organized the Detroit Walk to Freedom in 1963. So Aretha Franklin was raised not only in that home and social environment, but at a turning point in American history. She was not just a bystander to what was unraveling before her; she was also a key actor in so many ways in the movement. Her songs were not just music; they were the social anthems of their time. The Franklin family were great friends of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. He was assassinated in April 1968 in Memphis, Tennessee, where incidentally Aretha Franklin was born. Five days after he was killed, she performed this hymn at his funeral in Atlanta. 
This is At Large, your weekly podcast on China, the U.S., and the world. Keep listening. This weekend, you can listen to a special edition of At Large. We'll be sharing with you my conversation in Hong Kong with Chen Dingding, a professor of international relations at Jinan University in China's Guangzhou. He's also a non-resident fellow at the Global Public Policy Institute in Berlin and the founder of his own think tank in Telesia. You may have come across him recently, quoted in the New York Times and other major media. As we continue to try and understand the complexities of the trade war and its wider impact on the China-U.S. relationship, but he's hopeful. And when we compare current events to the space race between the U.S. and the then Soviet Union, he said he doesn't think that the world is going to revert to that same ideological mindset. I think today's world is different. We are very, very unlikely to go back to the old style of Cold War. Mainly because after forty years of globalization and all that in the global supply chain, so on and so forth, it's it, in my view it's not impossible to go back, but the cost would be tremendously high for all the countries involved. So theoretically, yes, we could go back to the Cold War, but I don't think most of the countries today, even including the U.S., European countries, and China, Japan, would be able to sustain. The pain uh, caused by this, you know, going backwards. So theoretically, it's possible, but practically, I think it's almost impossible. Let's return to the trade war. President Trump continues to operate at full speed. If this was anything to go by, intellectual property and、uh, all sorts of different、uh, things of that nature are being stolen. From us by other countries,、uh, it's going to be very hard for them to do that. We're putting a lot of safeguards in, and we're doing a lot of things against foreign acquisition of property. As he's also indicated in the past days, he's ready to sit out the tariff, saying that he, like the Chinese, has a long horizon. But the rhetoric coming out of Beijing is very different. Lu Kang is a spokesman at the foreign ministry, and he laid out the intent very clearly this week. In order to protect China's own interest and defend multilateral trade mechanisms, we decided to take countermeasures against U.S. tariffs. For the ongoing trade negotiation, we hope the U.S. side can work with us, and that good results can be achieved. What I'm hearing are two countries with two very different approaches, not just to the trade war they're currently battling, but also in their wider relationship. But the picture isn't clear cut. The U.S. says China restricts market access. This past week, Elon Musk, a very public symbol of innovation, was in Shanghai to announce Tesla's first factory. Outside of the U.S., Tesla is leaning on Shanghai to help deliver on its manufacturing targets. Now, within the U.S. itself, the picture is also complex. Ordinary Americans queued up to testify to the 
United States Trade Representative last week, so many of them, in fact, that the length of tariff hearings on the next $200 billion of goods from China was doubled to six days. I've been listening to what people there have been saying. Bell Chow from Union City, California, was one of those to testify. Her company produces premium gloves, latex, household vinyl, and in the past 20 years, they've sold over 11 billion gloves using its patented coating process. Now, finished with testifying, this is what she had to say about her concerns on the impacts that the tariffs will have on her business. Sales for this year is supposed to be 25% growth, but as of today, uh, we're experiencing a 10% loss in our business. And that is because customers are hesitant to accept other substitutes from other countries. 359 people were listed to testify, and Deborah Hardesty was another one of them. She's very interesting. Her company is based in Montville, New Jersey, and it supplies industrial chemicals for a wide range of uses. Think detergents, water treatment products, household, etc. She's a big Trump voter. She says that he'll go down as one of the greatest American presidents of her lifetime. She's also a supporter of measures that he's leading on that seeks to address unfair practices, but the tariffs all the same worry her, and this is why. As an American, I am in favor of the tariffs. Uh, I think, you know, the principle behind it um, to promote American industry is terrific um, and largely beneficial, but there still are negative consequences on small businesses in general uh, who conceivably can go out of business and down the line to, uh, to consumers who will be paying a lot more for consumer products. It will have a very injurious effect on my company um, and downstream to our customers and downstream to uh, just regular American citizens because chemicals are the foundation of just about everything. Those concerns won't ease anytime soon because chemicals are included in a new round of U.S. tariffs that are rolled into place, this time 25% on 279 Chinese import product categories. Apart from chemicals, they include plastics and semiconductors. I'm going to read you a few lines now from the Washington Post in relation to this. It says, After decades of deriding China as a lousy copycat, the United States now fears China's rapid rise as a technology powerhouse and sees it as a major, even existential threat to U.S. dominance. The Trump administration has waged an escalating trade war against China under the pretext of punishing Chinese transgressions. That from the Washington Post. Now, you have the U.S. imposing tariffs. You have China responding to those tariffs. The outcome is still yet to be fully felt. But one outcome will be for sure, and that is what you will have, are the two leading economies in the world losing out. Back now to my conversation with Chen Dingding. As you heard earlier, he struck a note of optimism saying, no matter what, the world won't, the world can't return to a Cold War mindset. Here's one more moment from that interview. This time I asked him to predict where we'll be as a world in 12 months' time. And his answer, as maybe you can sense, surprised me. By the summer of 2019, uh, this trade war would uh, come to sort of closure because by the summer of 2019, the U.S. politics were going to another 
major cycle, which is the 2020 presidential election. So sit tight <laughs> till summer 2019. Right, we have some good news. My full conversation with Professor Chen Dingding this weekend will mail it to your inbox or you can sign up for automatic updates through our website or through the social media app that you're listening to this through. It's been a great pleasure speaking with you once again. Till next time. You've been listening to At Large with James Chow. For more episodes, you can go to chinausfocus.com forward slash podcasts. You can also subscribe at Google Play Music, SoundCloud and more. Thanks for joining us, and thank you for tuning in.